Hi, this is Alex Hicken with the Very Hicken Bros Podcast. Today, we are recording our 30th episode. Trevor likes to count the episodes that we're on. This is uh, season two. And season one has uh, less quality audio, but those are not counted within the 30. So it's probably been about half a year or so. We haven't decided on how we want to do season three yet. That's why we're still on season two or four or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. So how was your week, Trevor? My week has been pretty chill. Chick-fil-A worked four days and finished watching Pokemon Journeys and almost beat the DLC and... Now I'm just trying to get a shiny Shinx. I started out just catching a bunch of him, and I decided to go the hatching route, and uh, I still haven't got one, so, yeah. (laughs) How many quests are there in Isles of Armor? There's a main quest series, and then there's a bunch of little side quests you can do, like find the Diglets and... uh, yeah. <laughs> so, do you mean you beat the main quest line? Yeah, I have one last battle I haven't done yet. Just been trying to make a little team I want to use first. Yeah, you still have a bunch of other side quests to do? I have like uh, probably half the diglets. I've <laughs> gone out of my way to look for them, like on the islands and in the caves and places like that. So. I think I have most of the diglets. I just haven't gone out and looked for those, like the ones that are like super hidden. So yeah, when that guy told me to help him find all 150 of his diglets, I was like, "What? <laughs> I'm not gonna do that." <laughs> yeah, he gives you Pokemon though. So for each like milestone, really? like ten. Yeah, for each ten diglet, you get like a a cool Alolan Pokemon. So nice. Mm, maybe I'll look for them now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. last week uh, Trevor said that uh, I'm into uh, wearable technology and uh, he said I was going to get a back positioner and that's not a normal name for <laughs> anything, I don't think. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a device <laughs> that I bought, actually bought it today. It's called Upright Go 2. And... Uh, I'm a little lazy on my posture, so this uh, device, I call it a smart necklace, kind of. It's weird because the original design was, they have it stuck on your back, and it vibrates whenever you uh, have bad posture. So, it's going to help me with that. It'd be crazy if it, like, shocked you. (laughs) Yeah, then I'll learn to have good posture really quickly then. (laughs) Nice, that's uh, exciting. Can you like monitor your back position on your phone and see how much of the day you had your back straight or something? Yeah, also there's a mode where if you think you have a good habit of it, it'll also track you still and tell you how good your posture is even when you think you have good posture. That's nice. Now what do you think of the OnePlus Nord? I haven't seen like the actual product uh, and pictures yet i only seen like the back which looks nice it's like a more squared off uh, camera module with like i think it's three lenses and uh, supposed to be targeted for like 300 dollars so that's nice so uh the nord is what they uh they've been like hyping it up with uh, they opened a new instagram account they call it like the oneplus Z light thing that was the official uh name for it i started following it and then they uh, released like a documentary and they're gonna split it up in four parts so part one came out this week and uh, it's pretty in- interesting how they uh are trying to spearhead this project because they have a deadline and they're not going to delay this phone so they have like I don't know how when they started it, but it's like less than six months to get this phone from start to finish, like completely made. (laughs) And like the main guy, he's the um, director, 
he co-founded uh, OnePlus. Carl Pei, he's shown in meetings, like, talking to this small, like, board, right? Probably eight to ten people there. And uh, he's kind of strict on the people there that, like, on the computer. Or, like, after he's on the computer, he's on the phone. He's like, no computers. And then, like, you notice one of them is, like, on the phone. He's like, no phones. <laughs> so, um, they are trying to, like, keep on uh, task. And, like, in one of the meetings, they're, like, two people are talking about, like, trying to get the whole launch, like, within, like, a million dollar launch instead of two million dollars. So it's going to be like a very concentrated product. They're trying to cut budget where they can. And uh, within each week, they have updates and they have to have a new prototype within like five to six days. So it's pretty crazy how like fast paced it is. And like some of the um, like engineers or people working on it are... It's kind of exciting for them because they get to see, like, a project, like, basically, like, mold right in front of them. Like, because every day there's, like, something new. So, like, you wake up one day and you see an email and you might, like, see, like, a completely different, like, phone or something. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty exciting. One of the people there is, like, uh, he's kind of mad because, like, oh, he lost the point of a phone. It's not to get it out in a certain time. It's to perfect it. And, like, if we need delays, then we should. But I guess he's on board still. And he's trying to, like, get it down to six months. And, yeah, I thought it was interesting, like, how intense it is to get a product out in six months. And they're, they're like, working non-stop. They, like, hardly sleep and... Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I think it's um, important to be uh, quick because time costs money. <laughs> if they take their time, the labor will cost more money to develop it. And you might have to get uh, less quality hardware. There might be a new hardware coming out or something. So it makes sense why they want to get it out on time. Yeah, it's a pivotal point, too, because, like he said, like, there's so many phones now. Companies are just turning out phones every year. Slight increase in RAM or little bump in the processor. And, like, the what he says is, like, basically, people buy the phone and they don't really know, like, what the phone, like, it's like what the main idea of the phone is. It's like a new update, right? It's just, like, an upgrade. It doesn't have any, like, main, like, it, there's, like, one of the things he was, like, saying, like, he was talking to them in Chinese, like, you need to tell me what the phone should have, like, what their, what the feature sets should be. Like, it's, like, at this point, they don't need to, like, wonder what it is, right? So, mm-hmm. I like how uh, they're trying to get back to, who, like, the roots. It's supposed to be uh, the first phone they've done in, like, a long time. That's going to be under $500, so, yeah, it's exciting. Hopefully, they actually release outside of India and those kind of countries, because I'd buy it. Yeah, you said it's not coming out to the United States at first. Yeah, I think that's a mistake, because I think it would dominate both the iPhone SE and whenever the Pixel 4a comes out. Yeah, it seems like they might have supply issues. You should have been able to get a OnePlus 8. Yeah, I'm still waiting for the green version because the that's the color I like. I don't really care for extra RAM and I don't really want to spend extra $100 for just to settle with the black one. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, a couple podcasts ago, I uh, said when I have free time, I was going to try to figure out how to get Bluebeam on my... Um, laptop and install Ubuntu or Linux onto my laptop and this weekend is 4th of July and I had a little extra time we got out of work on Friday two hours early (laughs) and uh, Bluebeam did not make the transfer easy so I just abandoned it and put Ubuntu on my computer 
it's working fine. Um, it did freeze a little bit when I was editing something, <laughs> and uh, uh, I had a bunch of browsers and other software going on, and I was surprised because I was waiting for it, and it eventually, uh, like, went to sleep, and I was able to log back in, and everything was fine. I was able to keep what I edited and uh, didn't lose any data. I was grateful for that. One thing that I'm happy is about is that uh, I checked my files app to see how much memory I have on my computer, and I have more than 220 gigabytes of memory back. On Windows, uh, I used it for like five years now, and it's so bloated with software and old files and stuff that I don't, I can't even use. And even when I delete all my files and everything, I have less than 100 gigabytes of memory. So it's nice to have that back and have a fresh computer. Hmm. Do you think it's just uh, a lot of Microsoft's installed apps that took up like 100 gigabytes or something? Or what do you think? Well, um, it had like this extra division of the memory it took up like 60 gigabytes there for some reason and I had a couple other those divisions and then I had a bunch of software when you uninstall a software it doesn't take everything with it since so just a bunch of random stuff stuck onto my computer so yeah nice um one thing that was a little convenient um I use mail.com Microsoft's mail client, it requires me to have a Microsoft account, and I didn't like the email client that Windows had. It always never worked properly, and when I put Ubuntu on, it has a good email client that does not require a Linux or any specific email. <laughs> so I was able to put my mail um dot com email address on there and everything is working now it's like basically customized to me already <laughs> with little effort it's uh great one thing that i thought was uh coincidental is that last week or so mail.com emailed everybody and said oh we'll give you a, a premium service if you pay like $15 because we're celebrating our 25th anniversary. Kind of crazy that Mail.com has been around longer than Google has. I switched to Mail.com because people couldn't figure out the word Vivaldi or something. Maybe they thought I was Latino or something and they would say Aviva LDI. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Mail.com is pretty unique. It's kind of like a combination of Yahoo and Google it has cloud service. Sometimes I use it because I don't want to have a Google Drive or have my personal Google account on my iPhone. I put uh, my files on the mail.com so I could use that cloud. And uh, another unique thing about mail.com is that it has a lot of domains so mail.com is not really like a brand it, it is a brand but like a lot of all the domains are so broad that it doesn't peg you to a company like yahoo or hotmail or gmail something that is like an advertisement <laughs> and it also lets you have uh, multiple email addresses with one account and another thing that i found that was really helpful for me they provide the service without premium vivaldi was a little strict about their email they didn't provide email forwarding or any way that i could access it from like a normal um, email client but mail.com ha has a special feature where you could just sign in on any um, email through mail.com and you could access your email so i was still able to access my old email so that was that worked really well for me. So I'm I'm really happy with the 
mail.com i think it's like my first subscription that i have ever done um other than final fantasy but this is my i subscribed it's a yearly simple twenty dollars a year thing so i'm not paying like it's monthly like final fantasy they're not yeah, as good. <laughs> a few subscriptions so it's mm. not new to me to have a subscription yeah i'm thinking about having a, a side email that i could put in junk sign up things so people that'd be like funny if they had like a uh, clutter up my email address junk mail like sub uh domain you could use <laughs> like <laughs> alex and hicken at junk.com yeah. or something <laughs> yeah oh yeah another thing i was able to do i found time to uh download isles of armor that's the new uh, expansion kind of to pokemon uh yeah. sword and shield i i don't really care much about the quests the line the story is really cheesy i think i don't know how much it uh develops but it's really cheesy to start out with it literally has the word cheesy in the with the, <laughs> the story your line. rival trainer what is it clara yeah he's <laughs> barely a rival like, at all you're the new <laughs> Yeah, but I like uh, being able to uh, go around and catch a bunch of Pokemon. There's a, a lot of Pokemon around to catch a lot that I like. I was able to catch Politoed. I've never had Politoed. It's probably one of my favorite Pokemon because for some <laughs> reason turtles and frogs are my favorite. Yeah, animal. you should. <laughs> I think they're just. I think I like them because they're unique animals. Yeah, you could have a team of frogs and turtles, probably. <laughs> yeah, I like Guy of Army because it's a uh, like instead of having like a main city, you have to go through. Like I, I just like when I first got there, I just explored, and that's like what I did for the first couple of days. I didn't even try to do the story. It's, uh-huh. it's pretty big. Like I was surprised how big it was. And it's, like, open, so it's not, like, a fixed camera. You can just, like, move it around anywhere and find things in the sea and go to caves and fields and mountainous ranges. It's kind of cool. Go to the forest. Yeah, I think it's cool how you could move the camera around. kind of reminds me of Final Fantasy, where I could just angle it. I kind of try to do that on the main game, but I real- and then I realize I can't do it. <laughs> I'm in kind of in the habit from Final yeah, Fantasy. Yeah, that's, that's why I like uh, the, when they make it wilder, it is make it for like, camera control. Mm-hmm. Yeah, speaking about Pokemon, uh, would you ever get like a Pokemon-themed uh, engagement mean if you wanted to get someone... <laughs> <laughs> an engagement ring <laughs> uh, I think it'll be based on how <laughs> insane we are on Pokemon <laughs> there are some really nerdy people and they would love it but I don't think uh, Jessica would uh, yeah like, speak- uh, so Pokemon Pikachu company ring. actually like made official <laughs> Pikachu themed uh, engagement rings I kind of like him one of it, there's four of them. So the first one is like, I think it's the most simple. It has yeah. the ring and the regular like, skinny band, and then it has ears for the Pikachu. And then I kind of like the second one's actually kind of cool. Also, it has the two tails of Pikachu. One of them, the standard boy, and the girl one's like uh, has a little indent in it. And then they have a silver one like that or platinum. And then the last one is like. Uh, a little mm-hmm. band and the ear is like a Pikachu face, but it's like inside the band with the diamond inside. Yeah, it's like uh, takes up to eight weeks to make each ring. Yeah, they so look it's really like high quality. Custom make it, <laughs> I assume. And <laughs> they start out as wow. like a thousand eighty. <laughs> That's crazy. To like three thousand two hundred. <laughs> yeah, building up the value. I mean, if I were to get one, I'd probably get the like silver platinum one. I mean, they only have Pikachu <laughs> ones right now, so I'd probably just get Pikachu. And that's the one what that makes Pokemon sense, I think, get? because Ash is Pikachu's his partner, so they're basically <laughs> saying, like, oh, yeah, you can be my partner. That was kind of cheesy. Yeah, that last movie was uh, the movie that we watched in Utah. It's kind of cool oh, yeah. to see 
you should watch like the first uh episode of journeys because it shows you what pikachu was before he met ash shows him as a pichu <laughs> or yeah you have pikachu <laughs> uh, what he's st- he started out as a baby what are the chances <laughs> Well, talking about luxury items, uh, um, Google acquired this company called North, and they're known for augmented reality smart glasses, but I did an episode recently about how augmented reality companies are kind of falling apart. (laughs) This company has been trying to sell their glasses out of one store in New York, and you have to like get it fitted and come back and get it again after it's built and stuff. So it's a little hassle to get it. And the software was very lackluster, a little awkward and weird. But uh, they were falling apart last year, kind of. They had to lay off a bunch of people, like I've been saying. <laughs> These augmented reality companies are having hard times. And uh, I think the interesting thing about this acquisition is that North is known for their smart glasses but uh, it's kind of obvious that Google is not buying them for the smart glasses (laughs) they only sold a little more than a thousand smart glasses (laughs) so they're not like big uh, successful company with augmented reality but uh, a technology that they um, invented I'm probably saying it wrong, but it's Mayo. It's like their project solely on steroids. <laughs> it's like um, really crazy. There's a video that I could put up on about it. It's I don't know if it's the applications that is shown in the video is actually real, <laughs> but if it is, it's uh way beyond anything Project Soli has shown. Um, it comes with a, like a little wristband thing and it monitors your muscles and it could you could use it to control technology. Maybe you could switch songs or control a drone or control a toy or control your DJ equipment. <laughs> the video. <laughs> it's and pretty incredible yeah. does it allow you to control augmented uh objects yet or no so i'm still waiting for like the day we have like those uh fancy screens that like iron man uses and you can like move things around without even like touching anything oh yeah yeah it'd probably uh work well with that i think it showed it with virtual reality um so you could be able to monitor your motion and stuff really easily. Yeah, one thing that I missed about uh, to say about the augmented reality is that uh, the smart glasses comes with a little ring, a little s- smart ring, to make uh, controls on the AR glasses. So there's no like touch screen on the side of it. Yeah, it just be awkward. No one does that in real life, so that's cool. You could like uh, change your volume or your screen uh, that you have on the augmented reality on it. Yeah, it'd be kind of annoying to have to touch your glasses all the time. Yeah, maybe you could like. <laughs> you could do it one-handed probably if you like uh, know how to position yeah. your ring and you can roll it. Maybe it'd have like a kind of like those rings that are like uh, rotatable. Maybe it'd have that kind of ring. Yeah. It works like that. Yeah, so uh, speaking about north, uh, if you want to go north and find Catan, uh, soon in the future you might be able to play it everywhere and play a perpetual game of uh, settlers everywhere and with anyone. You know Niantic, the brand that like bought Pokemon Go and uh, those type of games, like the Wizarding World game? They, they teamed up with uh, Asmodee. They're like the company that usually brings like board games to digital world to on apps and stuff mm-hmm. they uh they announced that they're making a Catan game so 
It's like a uh, same style of game like Pokemon Go, but instead it's all Catan based. So you get mm-hmm. your resources, uh, you can build things, trade people. Yeah. So you can just play Catan forever and make the largest world and battle, I guess. I'm assuming there's going to be every sub thing you can do in Catan in it. Would you want to play it? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know about the gameplay of that. It's going to be a little weird. I don't know why they're doing it. It might be good for nowadays while you go out and walk and hopefully like not run into anybody and talk to people and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but it's probably not a good timing for going out like Pokemon Go style in this age of coronavirus. It seems kind of like, uh, remember that one app where it's like, uh, it's like a review, not review, it's like a location app. Like, it was pretty popular like a few years ago. Basically, you like uh, check in somewhere and then you get points. And then if you check in so many times, you get like the king of that spot. I can't remember what the app's called. I feel like it's going to be kind of like that. You like go to, I don't know, Chick-fil-A and then... You like check in, then you get some resources, and you can start building there or something. And yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> that was kind of like uh, the gyms, but yeah, I wonder how because I see on the screen one of the uh, screenshots shows a dice roll. So I wonder how dice are going to be uh, part of the game, and like maybe. For each settlement, you roll dice and see if you get the resource. Or how, I wonder how that works. Yeah, maybe every day you get a roll or something. Or every time you visit your location, maybe. I don't know. I just don't understand how they're going to settle, like, uh, who owns what. Because in the actual game, Katan, you don't, like, battling. You don't take over someone's spot. Unless... Maybe the expansions are, because there's a bunch of expansions and settlers that I never actually played. So I don't know what's what's beyond, like, the base game with the multiplayer expansion. Yeah, maybe you just choose your friends that you want to play with. And yeah. It's kind of private, just a little group of people. It's interesting. I didn't think that they'd ever make, like, a real-life Catan game. You just play forever. <laughs> I don't know. It would be kind of disappointing if it does last forever. I would probably want the game maybe to last a week or so. I don't know how long. If one if one day is one turn, maybe it might be fun. But I think it has to have an end. <laughs> At one time when you finally get enough points to win. Hmm. Yeah, I don't understand how Swift works, so. Yeah, we'll see once it's uh, finally out. Mm-hmm. We'll have some uh, self-driving car news. I love to follow uh, the automated car industry. There's these two uh, professors at the University of Michigan they started this uh, self-driving vehicle company. Um, but these vehicles are not the typical, what you imagine, that drives people around. These uh, vehicles are so small that it could be in the bike lane. And I, I, taxis. we talked about this one company that has delivery... Um, kind of like this company yeah it'd be nice and it it drives only like 30 miles an hour and if you get stuck behind it you have to <laughs> like but this one is a bicycle lane you can go into the bike lane and just go and no one has to worry <laughs> about getting stuck behind it and what if you're alex and you're racing the car and you get stopped at this guy oh yeah for the bike people i'll get stuck behind a bicycle self-driving bicycle <laughs> yeah the company is called refraction ai 
Yeah, they're starting really small. <laughs> they only uh, partnered with one gro- little grocery store <laughs> in Michigan and serving the community of uh, Ann Arbor. It looks like a little weird motorcycle thing. I think it has two wheels in the front. It um, delivers uh, groceries from the little... And the store is called a produce station. So is it like uh, the same height as a standard motorcycle or is it like smaller? I feel like it'd be weird to see like a full-size bike just driving around. <laughs> it looks like uh, maybe a quarter of a motorcycle. <laughs> and it doesn't have any handles. It um, it's <laughs> it <looks> kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, because like, imagine if I had like a seat and like a uh, plasmoid to put your handles. Uh, like someone might just jump on and steal your groceries or something. <laughs> yeah, you might see people just like sitting on this little bicycle, <laughs> just going around all over the place. <laughs> That'd be probably. Yeah, it'd be funny if like a cat like got on it because it's warm and just went everywhere yeah there's probably gonna be funny videos about <laughs> that pretty soon when we have self-driving cars <laughs> so is this just a private company they're not selling or expecting to sell these to future uh partners yeah i expect they'll probably not want to sell these i think they'll probably do like a subscription service thing I don't know what they're doing, but they're just working with one uh, grocery store right now. So is it gas-powered or electric? Uh, I'm assuming it's electric. Probably electric. Yeah, hopefully they are, like, (laughs) actually worth uh, the money because it seems like maybe it's good because since it's a motorcycle, it has probably a a large battery and it could just go, like, the whole day without recharging and... We can, like, deliver groceries and just charge at night or something. Yeah. I don't know how profitable it is to have a little bicycle that goes out to deliver food to one place. If they get, like, a little cheap thing, the delivery should probably cost, like, maybe 10 bucks each delivery. I don't know. <laughs> they have to make it profitable somehow. Yeah. Uh, but in the future, you might not be able to deliver, like, um... Oddwalla because Coca-Cola is canceling Oddwalla. <laughs> no, Oddwalla. I know. It's like in this economy, they decide out of everything to cancel Oddwalla. They say that users are like, uh, they don't think as much in, uh, in smoothies anymore. It hmm. says the decision was not made lightly, though. So I guess... In their perspective, they uh, to uh, improve efficiencies in the business and operations, they found it best to cut out smoothies. I feel like I don't know. Wouldn't you want a, like a healthy option? Like maybe cut out your uh, diet soda instead and keep it wallow, You know, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. There's some pretty high-quality, expensive smoothies. Maybe Oddwalla was trying to be common for people, and it kind of got too common that people didn't really care for it anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, I think they lost, maybe they lost the quality. Because I remember we, we used to got naked instead of Oddwalla. And, well, sometimes <laughs> dad, like dad would come home and bring a bunch of Oddwalla from like uh, the bargain store because it's like, cheaper and no one would buy it so they got it (laughs) yeah hmm yeah so i I just remember because uh is like something was luxury back in the day you'd like oh yeah wadwala is such a good smoothie and is like good for you but now we probably won't see it anymore yeah the beverage industry is so crazy it's so competitive you have carbonated water and vitamin water and all these like flavored water and <laughs> energy. You got Coca Cola. Yeah. You got uh, juices. <laughs> so much competition in the beverage industry. Yeah. So, uh, 
Well, yeah. Is there anything you want to dish up? Yeah, I'll talk about dish. Dish is going to be the fourth <laughs> biggest. For some reason, they chose dish as number four largest. <laughs> they didn't have anything until um, last day. <laughs> they didn't have any customers. And they're somehow the fourth largest carrier. And... Uh, yeah, on Wednesday they became the fourth largest carrier <laughs> um, with a deal with uh, T-Mobile um, well, for $1.4 billion. He got uh, Boost and Virgin wow. Mobile. that's a good deal. And acquired, yeah, he acquired uh, 9 million customers. It's a kind of a good amount. Another part of the deal is that uh, T-Mobile is going to support them. Yeah, everybody has to transition over to uh, use a T-Mobile device now. (laughs) And they started transitioning on their customers already. Yeah. And on Wednesday with the acquisition, Dish uh, tried to announce uh, some competitive uh, contracts, kind of. Not really contracts because they're all prepaid. <laughs> pre-paid. <laughs> Competitive plans. Yeah, one thing that's kind of interesting is that with they have uh, two plans. They have a forty-five dollar plan that gives you fifteen gigabytes, and a thirty-five dollar plan that gives you ten gigabytes. But they have this shrink it plan. Where if you pay consistently for three months, your um, rate is cut by $5. And then after another three months, it's cut by another $5 to $35 for the 15 gigabyte plan or 25 for the 10 gigabyte plan. And I think that's pretty good. Um, there's a lot of companies that charge like over ten dollars for like one gigabyte. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, when I worked at Best Buy, um, many of the people who didn't want to like have a contract or like want to worry about like paying monthly bills on a new phone, they'd come in and just get one of those too, like Booster Virgin, because they had like pretty decent phones for like less than a hundred dollars so i i think Mm -hmm. it's a good option and i guess these new plans are competitive because it seems like they've upped the um, uh gigabyte usage so i think before for 45 dollars is around like 10 gigabytes and now it's 15 and then uh they didn't have a 35 dollar one i think it was just like 25 dollars so that's good. I like that because I, they did have a five dollar mm-hmm. like cheaper thing if you signed up for auto pay, but they didn't have like a uh, loyalty program where after six months it would decrease another five dollars. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, another interesting thing is that since uh, Dish is starting fresh with their network and everything, they could innovate and use the latest technology. Dish is developing the first uh, virtualized standalone uh, um, 5G network. It's going to be based on this technology called Open Radio Access Network. And it has open op- um, open architecture, so they could um, develop uh, it in an open way and uh, develop it really quickly. And another thing that's cool about, uh, they call it Open R-A-N or maybe Open RAN or O-RAN or something like that. But uh, yeah, it also has um, artificial intelligence to optimize the, the service, the data service. I wonder if it's like in like routers where... Um 
it uses like intelligent uh, signaling so I forgot the word in routers but like basically what it would do is when there's a concentrated uh, part where there's a lot of um, activity it will direct its waves towards that way to increase the um, bandwidth so I wonder if it's the same idea in a larger scale for cell phones yeah probably that'd be nice Maybe we should switch over to Dish and support them. <laughs> no, they, they probably don't have uh, a lot of phone compatibility, so not sure about that. Well, it's if it's it uses T-Mobile's network. Oh, it's like a uh, they're like piggybacking off the T-Mobile. Yeah, network. T-Mobile has to uh, support them for uh, seven years at least. Until they set up their own thing. <laughs> That's crazy. That's funny because so basic so basically T Mobile has a monopoly and uh they're just <laughs> letting this company <laughs> trying to make money off him, but you see <laughs> Yep, sounds about right. Yeah, sounds massive, but uh, not as massive as black holes. Do you know uh, how black holes <laughs> like uh, are supposedly supposed to be um, measured? Like how big they are? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, so according to this uh, cosmo- cosmologist, cosmologist? Uh, that's a weird word. Um, his name is Villainkin. <laughs> He's a uh, scientist. I guess he's very into black hole science, and he says black holes are measured by the size and mass, or the matter, the amount of matter they have. Um, and it says a, me- a medium-sized black hole may have like a mass twenty times greater than the sun, mm-hmm. and uh. But that doesn't measure, like, how big it is, right? It's just the mass. Kind of like uh, you can have different weights in, like, something you have in your hand. Mm-hmm. Um, so the pull of the gravity inside a black hole is so strong that it condenses all that mass into a ball with, like, a diameter of only about 20 miles. Yeah. So, <laughs> so a black hole is not super massive. It's only, like, 20 miles hmm. It's <laughs> interesting. They say it's so big, but it's only twenty miles diameter. Yeah, and that's of? that's like a the pull of the gravity. Um, supermassive black holes are the largest Just ones, and they can have the mass of like more than one billion suns, and the diameter is about the size of a uh, <laughs> solar system. <laughs> That's uh, pretty crazy. <laughs> a billion suns. And apparently, uh, the smallest black hole recorded is uh, only four times the mass of a sun. Oh, that's small. <laughs> that, yeah, that's small. Um, and then he talked about like uh, how black holes merge in, and also what the event horizon or the point of no return is like um so when black holes can merge they uh they can merge so when they get closer to together they like drift together and then uh, they get attracted together gravitationally and like they start rotating kind of like a planet around the sun but it's like they rotate together so it's a binary system Mm -hmm. and doing this they lose their energy and the gravitational um they lose their energy by gravitational radiation until they merge and that's what i'm going to talk about in the next topic after this um so far i guess they haven't seen collisions of the supermassive ones that are like solar system wide (laughs) that'd be so Um, crazy (laughs) but they've seen like smaller ones um and uh so 
did, have you ever like studied or like learned about what an event horizon is? Mm, I've heard of the phrase, but I don't know what an event so horizon is. I I I've read and like watched videos about it, like uh, probably months or maybe a year. I don't know. It's times too weird now. Um, but like the event horizons describe kind of like the surface of a black hole. Um, but uh, mm. nothing can escape it under the surface. So at that point, basically, uh, there's no way out, and light can't even escape the black hole. So he asks the question: What happens when a spaceship crosses the event horizon, for example? And he, mm-hmm. I'll pay your face. Basically, he says when the ship goes by and he sends like a light pulse to like someone observing or someone that's like uh uh i don't know i guess helping or like navigating with him they are uh, the pulse will come weaker and then the intervals will become longer from the distance but uh as soon as the spaceship gets like close to the horizon it looks it will look like as though it's frozen because the spaceship never actually goes under <laughs> the event horizon. We never see it go under because the light doesn't escape from there. It's pretty interesting. And then the people in the spaceship, <laughs> they never actually like see anything different. They Because once they cross it, basically it's just like gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is pretty interesting. You don't get uh, stuck in a a time uh, um, dimension where you could uh, push books through <laughs> bookshelves and communicate to your previous. Uh, Is that what happens in a movie, times? Alex? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it happened in Interstellar. <laughs> Yeah, the guy went into a black hole. <laughs> yeah. So the last part talks about like singularity, um, which is basically when the spaceship hits the center point. But uh, in singularity, it's like when the gravity becomes infinitely strong. So the curvature of space time also becomes infinity. But no one knows like when that happens because by the time you get there, you're all well, destroyed. So no way to know mm-hmm. yeah and then uh, continuing on from that topic uh, astronomers have what they believe is the first known light flare from a pair of colliding black holes so like what we talked about is the two black holes they are attracted to their, uh, to each other through gravitational force this is um Mm-hmm. Basically, what happens is in this observation they show it's, they saw like three black holes, um, and they used uh, the instrument they used to observe this is called um, from Caltech the Zwicky Transients Facility, and it's near San Diego. Um, this was from last year, May twenty first. And basically, they described it as there was two partner black holes, and each of them several dozen times more massive than the sun. They were orbiting a third super black hole, super massive black hole. That is like a million times <laughs> the mass That's of the cool. sun. <laughs> and uh, it was surrounded <laughs> by a disk of like gas and other material. So when the two black holes merged they formed a new black larger black hole that uh would have experienced a kick and shot off in like a random direction and that's what uh they say uh would create this um light light flare because it's going passing through like the disc of gas um so (laughs) one of the people one of the co-authors of the new study says it's like a very exciting thing 
and it helps him uh, study about like uh, merging the black holes and to sort of signals they make uh, in reaction to that so they can learn more about like gravitational waves and the disks around these supermassive black holes <laughs> yeah yeah your weekly <laughs> updates of uh, astronomy <laughs> is exciting <laughs> a lot of uh, progress yeah. going on that, maybe like being cooped up they can finally study all this information they got over the years and learn something from them <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and the picture they like, um, they have an artist rendition of what it might look like. It's pretty interesting. It kind of reminds me of like what the surface of Jupiter looks like, but like instead of one big storm in the middle, it looks like two black holes. It's kind of interesting. Hmm. That's crazy. Yeah, and that's uh, my astrophysics uh, update for this week. <laughs> Yeah, we covered a lot today. <laughs> so, what do you think about uh, astronomy? Do you do you have a special interest in black holes or just astronomy in general? Um, I like uh, learning about what's new. So, mm-hmm. the cutting edge is interesting because it's mysterious and it's the newest uh, updated source right like you might have theories from like 20 or 30 years ago but like the newest ones are what kind of consecrates and makes whatever theories in the past more viable and helps develop the new theories so I think that's the interesting part is we learn more and get more information we get more concrete evidence of things so that's cool well thank you for listening uh today my wife said that she actually listened listened um so uh thank you for your time we're slightly over an hour yeah now. might be less we, um, who knows one editing it down <laughs> might so it might be less who knows huh? yeah editing it down might take maybe 10 minutes off or something the fluff out all the fluffy and spaces talking. and <laughs> mistakes or going in <laughs> misfires of stuff yeah so uh well thanks and uh talk to you later alex yeah talk to you later